0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton.
1: I want to go right into part two of being mugged by the mirror. I am, I am excited about this because... I feel like God is going to really, as I said before, I feel like through this series, God has been peeling us back like an onion. He's been removing different layers off of us. Um, I, didn't, I didn't start off in just one kind of sin. Hello? Hello? You don't start off in just one kind of sin. There's there's a multiplicity of different things that you've done over your life to get you to where you were before you found Christ. So those same things, sometimes we we still hold on to certain things because we're growing in the Lord. See, as you are working out your salvation, the more and more you yield, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you about other areas in your life that you need to release to God. Is this making sense at all? Um, I want to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and unpack that a little bit. Um, When we gaze into or behold the mirror, I told you I was going to tell you what the mirror was. This is the mirror. The word of God is the mirror that he's speaking about in in this text. When we behold or when we gaze into the word of God, it doesn't show us what we want to see. But rather, it shows us what we look like to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I heard a an uh and a hmm. All right, let me keep going. So the more you read it, the more you study it, the more you live it, the more you meditate on it, the more you will reflect the image of God. Therefore, there are no shortcuts. In order to look like, act, like talk, like walk, like God, you must behold the mirror. Okay. See, see, it would be just like you, you look in a mirror in the natural and you know you got a hanger. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You, you know, you got two hangers. <laughs> and you will look in the mirror and you go, hmm, I got two hangers. And you walk away and go to work. So then you're trying to figure out every time somebody look at you, they go, mmm. <laughs> but listen, what if you never looked in the mirror? Come on. And every time somebody saw you, they went, oh, goodness. <laughs> and so now you're trying to figure out, they tripping. But what you don't realize is they see something you don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see. One. Oh, come on, somebody. It's going to be all right. It's going to be tight and it's going to be right. See, one of the things about the word of God, the word of God will show you something you don't see. See, you can hide behind your mask. You can hide behind your pride. You can hide behind your job, your career, your education. You can hide behind your family and your cheering. But you can't hide from the mirror. See, when I, I used to read this mirror so that I can give something to somebody else. See, I need a scripture for them because, see, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to lay something on them right here. I know it's in the Bible. I'm going to go up to them and say, the Bible says. But every time I read it, God said, no, I'm going to read you. Yeah. See, let me tell you something. I used, I used to do that. I used to try to pull this on my wife. Mm-hmm. See, when my my wife had I go through, I would go to the Bible I say, I know, I got something for her. I got something for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to study God. You're going to show me something, and I can lay on her, right? I know you're going to show me something. And every time, God will show me myself. And I go, no, not that. Not that one. Not that one. Mm-mm. And so, so I'm like, God, you know you know how that woman is, the woman that you gave it me to be with, you know, you know. And so, God, I know it's something in here that I can use. Let me go to Ephesians chapter 5 because it tells me who I am as a husband, and I'm the head of the household. I know it's got to be here, and God said, you got a lot of pride. That ain't it. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't the one. Let me, let me keep on looking. And the more I peered in and be, began to behold the mirror, the more the mirror was beholding me. So, in other words, the mirror began to reveal what was in my heart that I couldn't see. Come on, somebody. Yeah. See, see, this is what the Bible is talking about when Apostle Paul says we go from glory to glory. Because the more and more we look into the word of God, then we can see what God wants to do in our lives. And we begin to repent of some of those things. And he peeled back a, a layer and then we go to a different level of glory see that glory is the presence of God we cannot be in the image of God if we're not around God yeah. Amen. are you here with me today yeah. write this down as we grow to embrace the spiritual disciplines of the cross we learn that self-denial is a daily call see one of the biggest issues that I take right now with the church, and one of the reasons I wrote the book, is the disciplines of the cross. See, th- 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 you don't even hear a lot of messages on the cross anymore because the cross take us here. you got to deny yourself, and we got too many people in the church. They ain't denying nothing. And you just want to come in the same way, you leave the same way, you think the same way, you act the same way, you're still cussing people out, but yet you say you're a Christian. There's no self-denial. Come on, somebody, don't shout me down now. It's, it, if, it's, if it's tight now, it's going to be tight at the end. Amen. For the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, 24, if any man comes after me. When people skip that next part, they say, they got, he got to take up his cross. No, that's not what it says. He says, if any man comes after me, let him deny himself. That word denial is the same word separation. That means you got to separate from some things. you got to deny your flesh something. you got to deny your flesh some of the lusts, some of the lusts in your life. See, so, so there's a scripture that the Apostle John says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But you got to get the he that's in you greater than the world is in you. See, the more of the greater he you put in him, th- put in here, the more of the world that he pushes out. Yes, Why? Because he's trying to reveal the character of Christ in your life so that people can see, oh, I know you've been with Jesus because you've been holding him and you are operating in the image of God because you're operating his character and his nature. Matter of fact, that's a quote in my book, Mixer. You need to go out and get it. It'll be out uh, next Saturday. Amen? So take up your cross. What does that mean? Take up your cross simply means to be be willing to pay any price for Christ's sake. That's what taking up the cross means. It is the willingness to endure shame, embarrassment, reproach, rejection, persecution, and even martyrdom if you have to. That's taking up your cross. Taking up my cross means I'm going to preach the truth whether you befriend me or not. That's taking up my cross. My cross says I I would rather take a risk in becoming your friend, but I'm going to tell you the truth anyway. So at least you know when you come to me, I ain't going to try to pat you on the back so you can die and go to hell. Mm -hmm. Mm No, I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, sometimes the truth hurts. Come on, somebody. I don't want to hear the truth all the time. It's like, oh, my God, I wish you just lie to me. (laughs) We We don't want to hear that part. We don't want to hear that there is right and wrong when it comes to your lifestyle. There is right and wrong when it comes to adultery. It's right or wrong when it comes to fornicating. It's right or wrong when it comes to light and darkness. Holiness, unholiness, righteousness, unrighteousness. It's right and wrong. What fellowship does light have with darkness? See, this is the kind of preaching get people in trouble. Hey, Amen. I'm ready for the trouble. Listen, I'm taking up my cross. Because the one thing I, I know for sure is that when I do pass over in the grace, none of y'all are going with me. So I'm not going to sit here and placate to your emotions just to make you feel good. No, no. I want your soul. I want you to know God for real. I want you to know for sure that when you walk out that door, that if something happened to you, you know exactly where you're going because everybody in this room is gonna live forever. The question is where? I don't have time to play games. I'm too old to be playing games. I am too old. I've worked too hard to be playing games. I am not going to play games with your soul. Your soul is too important to me to be playing games with your eternity. Eternity is a long time. It's a long time. I'm not going to get up in front of God and God says, well, I told you to preach my message, but you tried to tantalize their little emotions. And so I'm like, oh, no, Lord, I I, I was just trying to, I I just wanted to feel good. I just wanted to feel the seats, Lord. Feeling seats don't mean you're going to heaven. Amen. You know what I would rather feel? I would rather feel your soul than feel these seats. Amen. If I feel souls, the seats are before. Am I in the right place this morning? Glory to God. So let me go ahead and break down that scripture a little bit more. So in essence, what that scripture was talking about was in the Old Testament when Moses was on Mount Sinai and he brought down the Decalogue. The Decalogue is the Ten Commandments. The Bible says that he had been in the presence of God for 40 days and for 40 nights. And so when he came down, his face was aglow. See, when you have really been peering into the presence of God, everybody knows it. See, when Moses came back into the camp, the people said, Moses, we can't even stand and look at you. See, don't you want that kind of anointing on your life? Don't you want that kind of anointing when you go around your family members and that, you know, old drunk boo-boo? Come on. Old drunk boo-boo said, good God, what is that on your face? I can't even, I can't even look at it. I got to get my life right. Isn't that awesome? Do you know that's what he's going to do on some of you? If he did it for Moses, why won't he do it for you? That's Old Testament. And so the Bible said he veiled his face, and after he veiled his face, it faded. Are you here? So my question is, what's veiling your face? Because that veil will cause you to be mugged. Let me tell you what some people use as a veil. Pain, disappointments, verbal, physical, and even sexual abuse. Years of being unappreciated. Oh, my God. Let me just sit right there for a second. Because if you've been in a relationship where you haven't been appreciated, you have a veil over your face because you don't even see your value. So you walk around with this deep sense of unworthiness that you'll never be good enough. You'll never be able to please anybody. And if you feel like you'll never be good enough, you won't. Because you are always be putting too much pressure on yourself, and you're living your life. It's not even yours anymore. You're living your life based on what somebody else said or did to you. You are not even living your own destiny. Now you're living somebody else's destiny, who spoke over you some words that cut you. I knew it was not going to be a whole lot of shouting on this one. That's okay. Can I can I keep going? Okay, so let me ask you some, some probing questions. I had to ask myself some of these questions too, so it's okay. Because, listen, we all have wounds, right. even, including the one that's speaking unto you. But I, I'm willing to expose mine if you are willing to expose yours. Right? Because one thing I do know, I can't allow the wounds of my past to stop me from grabbing hold of my future. See? I know we're doing a lot of praying and fasting. But let me tell you something. We're going to have to break down, and we're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate our emotions so that we can heal damaged emotions. And see, this is where men, this is where a lot of men can't get their deliverance because it's too, they're too arrogant and too prideful. See, yeah, God bless you. And so, so see, see, for a man, see, it's because it's we, we were raised, we got to be strong and tough. Yeah, come on, fellas, don't shout me down now. If you shout me down, I'm going to dig on you. I'm telling you. You better go on and say good amen. You got to give me a good amen now. Amen. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was good. Amen. I'm going to still dig, though. I'm going to still dig. Amen. <laughs> so, so let me tell you something. I, I had to suffer for years because of my pride. So I'm not telling you something that I haven't gone through. I suffered for years. He, he saw, he witnessed how God tore my behind up when I finally yielded to him. When the Lord just pent me to the floor weeping and crying and begging God to forgive me because I held my daddy to a standard that he couldn't even do. And I had wounds from my father. And the the Lord said, why are you trying to get something from your father that he couldn't give you? Somebody in here got wounds from your parents. They gave you what they could. We got to stop blaming. That was one of the best deliverances I've ever had in my life. Because I began to see how much my daddy did love me. And I didn't blame him for something that he didn't even have the capacity to give me. That's true deliverance. Are you hearing me, saints of God? I asked God this morning to give me, to allow me to minister with his compassion. I shouldn't have asked that. I can't hardly handle it right now. There's such a weightiness on me right now. (sighs) Come on, just lift your hands and just worship him. Just worship. Just worship the Lord. Come on. I just feel that some of you came in here and you got some of these wounds that I'm talking about. It may not be from a parent. It may be from another place. It could be from a past relationship. It could be from a past marriage, a past church. But I'm just saying, listen, let it go. Let it go. Forgive it. Forgive it. Forgive it. Forgiveness is not for the other person or the other church or the other pastor. Forgiveness is for you. We got to forgive. Let go of those wounds. Let the Holy Spirit begin to heal your damaged emotions today. Come on and worship him this morning. I just feel this so strongly now in my spirit that we have so many people in church and they're hurting and they're bleeding and, and it's, it's almost as if nobody cares and, you, and, you, and you, drag your, you, you drag everything out with you as you go out of the church but I, I came to tell somebody even if, if you listen to this by, by live media right now I'm just telling you God wants to heal your damaged emotions he can't stand for his children to be hurting let it go let it go whatever it is let it go whatever whatever has veiled you from capitalizing on what God has for you let it go it can be an uncle it can be a stepdad a stepmother it doesn't it doesn't matter at this point what matters is you're forgiving them and through that forgiveness God heals your damaged emotions come on somebody who am I talking to this morning just raise your hands raise your hands who am I talking to? That I'm, I'm giving you the right message this morning. I'm giving you the right message this morning. We've been through so much hurt and so much pain, and we're just operating in this hurt. And, and listen, hurt people hurt people. Even you're not trying to do it. You're just trying to work out your own stuff. Glory to God. <sighs> I didn't want to preach today. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. God is transforming his houses to be a place of deliverance. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see someone that's made in the image of God? Or do you see someone that's made in the image of your past hurts, pains, disappointments, and failures? Do you see yourself based on what somebody who didn't love you said? Love is an action word. You can't tell me you love me and you beat me. Love don't beat Love appreciates. So don't come up in my face and you know, and you being abused and you talking, about, oh, he loves me. You are lying. Love is not expressed like that. Let me tell you, love dies for you. Love is willing to go to a cross for you. Love is willing to change your life in spite of your life. That's love. The true example of love we have is Jesus Christ. Hello, somebody. If you can't love like Jesus, because he's the example, that's what we should be trying to aspire to get to is to love people like Jesus loved them. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Let's go to the book of John real quickly here, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. John chapter 5, we read the scriptures. Remember I said that there was five porches. And it was in a place called Basada. Who remembers that? Five is the number for grace. Somebody say grace. Basada means the house of mercy. So I want you to see the irony here. This was a place of grace and mercy. But all you saw were people who were sick, they were blind, they were lame, and they were paralyzed. But this was the place of grace and mercy. They were blind, they were sick, they were paralyzed. They had all kinds of calamities, but it was the place of grace and mercy. See, the, see what God is painting for me here is that in churches today, the places of mercy and grace, you have people that are blind. Lame and paralyzed. These are metaphors, and I'm going to explain these a little bit greater. That should not be in the house of God. You come into the house of God because it is the hospital for the hurting. But you come into the house of God to be transformed. You come into the house of God to be healed. You come into the house of God to be saved. You come into the house of God to be delivered. It is a place of grace and it is a place of mercy so that you can understand what the cross provides for you. There is no other place where you can go to get this kind of love. Amen. There is nobody else who died for you like this. Amen. Right. Christianity is the only religion of grace. All the other one, you got to work your way into heaven. Right. You gotta sell bean pies. You gotta ride a bicycle with a backpack. You gotta you gotta give out a whole lot of tracks to get into heaven. But, 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 but it's, you were saved by grace through faith in Christianity. But listen, grace is not a get out of hell free card. And some people abuse grace. And we got too many loose grace teachings from the pulpit that says that you can do anything you want to do. And God just receives you. No, he doesn't. God is not going to tolerate you living in sin. Even though he loves unconditionally, unconditionally, he expects you to live right. It's just like with our children. I love my children, but I want my children to live right. And I'm not going to tolerate them when they live wrong. No, God wants you to be transformed into who he called you to be. Because if you look in the mirror and you don't see the image of God, he's trying to transform you to look like him. If you look in the mirror and you see failure, then then you got to you got to get back in here. If you if you look in the mirror and you get depressed, you're looking in the wrong thing. Get out of the natural mirror and get in a spiritual mirror. Because, see, in this spiritual mirror, let me tell you, let me let me just tell you what this spiritual mirror will tell you. It tells you that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It tells you that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. It tells you that no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment shall be condemned. Come on, somebody. That's what the mirror tells you. The mirror tells you that you can go in and find green pastures. The mirror tells you that you can go in one way and come out in seven different ways. That God wants to bless you. This is what the mirror tells you. When you behold this then you begin to look like him. But the one thing the enemy don't want you to do, he don't want you to read this. This is why you got so many people that are so skeptical about the word of God. They always want to try to find holes in the word. and It's contradictory, man. It don't make any sense. It's not even historical. They always going to do that. Why? Because they don't want to behold the mirror. Because they know once they do, they got to change. One thing that the Holy Spirit will do when you really got the Holy Ghost is going to change you. If you ain't being changed, I don't know what you got. But you didn't get the Holy Ghost. And see, we got to get back to preaching about the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't hear that talk anymore. Oh, no, you want to come in, God loves you and pat you on the back and you go do whatever you want to do. You can sin and come on in here and bring me your tithe check. Oh, no, 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 no. Those days are over. Amen. Mm -mm. No, no, no. You're going to have to live right. And you're going to have to be full of the Holy Ghost to do it. Hello, somebody. All right. So, so this is, like I said, this kind of preaching when people get quiet. See, just like that. (laughs) (laughs) So let me talk about three dangerous consequences to being mugged by the mirror. Are you ready? So the first one we talked about was blindness. Blindness means no vision. One of the things that will happen when you get mugged by the mirror, you lose your vision. Mm -hmm. See, the enemy will mug you by the mirror by convincing you to reject the image of God that he created you to be in. See, if we go back to the Genesis account, the Bible says, let us make man in our image, right? Right? And so so then he gave us the five, uh, the five domin- the fivefold dominion mandate. He said, go out. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish and subdue. He, so he, he gave us the fivefold dominion mandate. We already know that part. But the part I want to talk about is the image of God. It's the Latin word. De. That means that you look like him, talk like him, act like him. See, listen, listen, we're not saying that you got to float around as a spirit. But I am saying the more and more you get into God, the more and more you read his word, meditate on his word, live his word, give his word, the more and more you will look like him. I'm not saying that you're going to be a spirit floating around. You're not. That's not how you're going to look. But people will recognize when you've been with God. They will take note. Ooh, you, mm. When you're a real woman and a real man of God, people just don't roll up on you like they used to. They can see it in your eyes. They know you've been with Jesus. They know you're not going to be putting up with all that mess. Hello? Right. So me as a pastor, why should I put up with it? See, people, let me let me just straighten some stuff out. uh, See, people just want to come to church to play games. And they come to church like you came and I should be happy because you showed up. You ain't coming here for me. I surely didn't come in here for you. I came in here for him. I came so that I can give him the glory. He gives me the words that I need to speak to you. I am not in love with you. You are his bride. My job is to adorn you so that you will be ready and pretty. So that when he comes back, he can look at his woman and go, my goodness, I want to marry that woman right there. That's my job. Now, listen. If I got to do or say anything to get dirt off of your garment so that you can look good for God, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I am going to be judged by how dirty you look to him. Mm. Oh, no, I know you ain't going to hear this kind of preaching, but I'm going to preach. Can I preach it anyway? See, and the more and more he allows me to teach you how to look, he teaches me how to preach. See, see, see preaching used to be you got to wear vestments or you got to wear a suit. You know what? You can preach in any kind of Amen. garment you want to preach Amen. in because the word of God will penetrate any natural garment to get yes. to your spirit. Amen. Amen. I ain't gone that today. They, they don't wear suits. <laughs> it causes you to be blind. See, the serpent beguiled the woman by planting the seed that she would be like God. No, let me go back. I got to paraphrase for time. The, The serpent said, you shall be like God. He knows it. He knows that if you eat of this fruit, you shall be like God. You shall be like God. She was already like God. He convinced her that she needed something outside of God. That's what the devil does to us today. He tries to convince us that you need something other than God. You need something other than the word. You need something other than going to church. You need something other than fasting and praying and giving. You need something other than worship. Because he knows if you find out, if you get some little truth, you're going to be just like him. And the only truth they got, they found out that they were naked. You know what they learned? They learned what evil really was. Because they ate from the wrong tree. Somebody say wrong tree. wrong tree. See, they ate from the tree a mixture. It was good mixed with evil. And this is what people try to do sometimes. They, they will give excuses for the good so that we can forget about the evil. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I, I live with him, but it's, it's financial reasons I, we live together, you know. I know, we, I know it's not. I know we're shacking up, but, you know, you just don't understand, you know, financial reasons we're living together. Uh, you're making excuses. Because, see, listen, 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 if you ain't married, God still sees it the same way. I don't care why you're there. It doesn't even matter if you got a child by the person. If, if that man is, doesn't want to marry you, why are you having kids for him? So that's, I'm just asking. I, I mean, I ain't, trying to, I ain't trying to hit no hot buttons or anything. I'm just saying if, if that brother don't want to work and he's dropping you off at work, driving around in your car all day, picking you up and ain't no gas in the car, the car's trashed because he's had all his boys in the car with him all day. Been playing PlayStation. Come on. Xbox. Come on, stay right there. I'm just saying, guy. Look, I I, I, <laughs> I don't know why the Lord had to be <laughs> to talk about this kind of stuff. I'm sure that's not going on, huh? Yes it is. It's going on somewhere. Jasmine says it's going on somewhere, right? But listen, listen, at at some point, saints of God, you got to realize when you give your heart to Jesus, you don't leave your brains outside the door. You got common sense. Somebody say common sense. See, some of this stuff just don't make any kind of sense. If that brother is talking about, oh, I live with my mama because I'm taking care of her, but you living in the basement and not paying any bills, you're lying. Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm living with my mom right now because I'm, I'm taking care of her. No, she's taking care of you, you wimp. No, no, no. I, I want me a strong woman. No, you don't. Because there are a lot of strong, single, godly women out here can't find a man because they're too weak. See, let me tell you something about mother boy. Come on. glory, glory, glory. <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. Let me tell you something about mama's boys. See, mama's boys—they they, want to marry their mothers. See, mama's boys want you to cook them cakes and cookies, and they you know they want to pat you on the back. That's a mama's boy. See, see. <laughs> so, oh boy, I'm talking about some stuff today, boy. Why y'all looking at me like that? <laughs> somebody, somebody some, one of y'all a mama's boy? Oh, see, and see, here's here's what happens. Here's what happens. And me and my wife was talking about this today. See, I, I, um, c- can I just be open? Can I just be honest with you? I have a real, how do I say it this morning, baby? It just irks me to be around whining men. I can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand a whining man. Just whining, just uh, she just hush! Uh, what are you doing? Right? Now, listen, it's, it's, everybody's at fault. If you're in a marriage, it's not the wife and it's not the husband. It's both of you. Right? There is no one, and she's always is, and ain't no one, and he's always It's, it's problems on both sides. Can we talk about this today? Can we just be real in the church? Can we just fast and pray enough to where we can get our relationship back together? Hey, listen, and sometimes you need to lead the fasting and the praying alone and you just need to connect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, see, now y'all want to get all holy now. <laughs> what you talking about connecting, Pastor? I'm talking about in the bed. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. I'm serious about it. You got too many Christians, they get married and then they get boring. Oh, boy, I'm on some. I know the kids up in here, but they're going to hear it in school anyway. You get married and get all bored, and then, then you I, I say, I, I, I just don't feel like I love her anymore. Who told you love was about a feeling? Love is an action word. You never should have married her in the first place if you can't put up with her for the rest of your life. Listen, see, it's about, it's about being a runaway bride. See, you just can't come down to the altar and you want all the things of the wedding, but you're not want, you don't want to be committed. See, so that's why a lot of Christians are. They come to church, they give their little money. See, they want all the king's things, but they don't want to marry the king. Because the moment you marry the king, you lose your identity in him. No, no, no. I just want to live like this because you don't understand. I have my lifestyle. I love my lifestyle. I want to go to church. I just don't want to change the way I live. hmm I know it. I know. I knew this one was going to be one of those messages. I see how y'all looking at me. But I'm going to keep preaching it. Can I keep preaching it? See, a bad self-image produces a negative God image. And conversely, produces disobedience to his word. See, this is why. If you got a bad self-image, you don't recognize God's image. And the reason you don't recognize God's image is because you're not looking in the mirror. And if you're not looking in the mirror, it creates disobedience. Is, is that real enough for you? Because how are you going to obey something you don't know? I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm, it's not rocket science. This thing, it's like I said, it's no shortcuts. The Bible said without a vision, the people perish. Can Can I read another translation to you? Check this one out. It says where there's no revelation of God, people cast off restraints. Why do you think people are losing their minds today? Because there's no revelation of God, and they cast off restraints. See, without a vision, you perish. Why is a vision so important? Because your your revelation of who you are should always overcome the situation you're in. So your revelation overcomes your situation. But if you have no revelation, let me see if I can break it down a little bit. Okay, if you don't have a clear understanding of why God called you, you will allow somebody else to define it is this making sense at all you 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 got to have what has god said to me because whatever god said that's what i'm standing on i won't allow no church no pastor no relationship no boys in the hood to tell me what i should be doing when i said no that's not what i should be doing because god told me what i should be doing come on somebody If you got a a thus said God, you gotta know what that if you don't have it, you need to break down, get into this word and say, God, what do you have for me? When you got a God said, you won't listen to what the devil is saying.
0: That's right. That's
1: right. If you don't have a God said, you will allow culture and relationships, all these kinds of things to define who you are. You are greater than that. You are more important than that. You are more worthy than that. You are greater than any words anybody's ever said to you that did not represent who you were in God. You're greater than that. Come on, put your hand on your hand and say, I'm greater than that. that. See, at some point, let me tell you something, the saints of God. I had to get to a point to where I had to understand I'm better than where I'm living right now. I had to look over. Listen, this is where introspection comes in. I know it's hard. I know when you start doing some introspection and you start looking in your own life, it's difficult to do it. But at some point, I had to say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm better than this, John. I can live on a better level than what I'm living on. I can be a better husband. I can be a better father. I can be a better child of God. That, that, at some point, you got to stop making excuses and say, no, I'm better than this. I'm stepping out into my better. Come on. Somebody say, I'm stepping into my better. So you got to step out into your better. And guess what? Can't nobody do it for you. You, you got to step into your better. There are greater levels of things that God wants to bless you with. But unless you're willing to step off the boat of complacency and laziness, you won't get it. You, 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 you got so many things that are telling you, don't get off the boat. You're going to hurt yourself. You've been last time.
0: Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Y'all, you, somebody here know what I'm talking about? When you're ready to challenge yourself, you hear those little, you, come on. You hear that little stuff from your past that, that you, you no, don't last time you know you hurt yourself. Why are you getting out there? Why are you doing that? And sometimes you've got to let go some of those friends because they're not good for you. Without a vision, without a vision, the people perish. Let me tell you something. I already said this part of this already. But listen, vision will cause you to see beyond your present state. Therefore, your revelation will overcome your situation. See, vision will allow you to see beyond where you are right now. This is why you perish. This is why you cast off restraints. It's because you're too busy in the now that you can't capitalize on what God has for you. Right? So this is what I mean. If, if you say, well, I'm not financially able to do what God has been showing me, so I'm just going to wait. Then, therefore, you don't exercise faith, right? So guess what? You'll be waiting for 20 years. Well, what you waiting on? I'm waiting on God to bless me with the money. Well, well do you have a business plan? What, what is the ministry? How many people do you think you're going to reach with the ministry? How many people do you think are going to get saved? How many people do you need for resources? Where are you going to have the ministry? Do you need a building or are you going to use a church? Do you have a vision statement for the ministry? Right? Hello? You haven't done any of that and you're just sitting back. It's almost, okay, all right, okay. Let me, ooh, let me make this really real. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, so let me make this really real, real for you. Okay, you need a job. You've been out of work for a minute. That's ghetto for six months. <laughs> so, you've <been laughs> so you've been out of work, right? You need a job. You need a job. somebody to say, he needs a job. Okay, okay, so, so you know you need a job and you know jobs are available. All you have to do is log on to the website, fill out your profile, send the company a resume. That's all you need to do. You you set up the profile, send them a resume because you need a job. Now, see, here's what some people will use God for. I need a job. Well, have you filled out a resume? I I need a job. Have you even applied anywhere? Look, I'm waiting on God to bless me with a job. Did, did you even in your off time, did you even go to classes because there's some free classes that you can take? Did you even go to some classes so that you can better yourself so that you can get a better job? No, I'm waiting on God. He's going to get me a job because I looked in the book of job and it said there's a job. So I'm waiting on job to give me a job. I've been studying job. Is that person going to get hired? Because they weren't willing to do what was necessary. See, saints of God, I told you last Sunday when Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. God is, not going to put a, not, God is not going to take away what we should be putting away. There are some things you saints need to put away. Can I get an amen? Amen. Blindness, no vision. Let's go to the next one, lameness. Lameness speaks of no integrity. The book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 21 says, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. In the Webster's Dictionary, the word integrity means incorruptibility, soundness, and honesty. Integrity is who you are when nobody else is looking. That's integrity. See, you can say I'm integrous, but who are you when nobody else is around? That's truly your character right there. When you're on the computer and, uh, hello? And you know you shouldn't be on um, certain sites, it shows a lack of integrity. Because when you click on certain things, even if it's soft porn, One thing about that kind of stuff, and since we're in church, I'm just going to be open and honest, and I'm glad the children are in here because they're going to have to deal with it when they grow up. It's going to be blatantly in their face. You can't even go to Walmart without seeing it in your face. It's right there at the checkout counter. Sure is. You see them. (laughs) All open and nasty. I don't want to look at all of that, man. I'm just trying to go and get me some bread. (laughs) Hello. Hello, somebody. You know what happens, though, when you do that. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you about porn. And the reason I can tell you about it is because I was in it. When those images, male and female, when, those Im- when you see that image, this brain is so sophisticated, it takes a picture. You never, ever forget that picture. I don't care how saved you are, I don't care how much you worship. You can speak in tongues for 35 hours and 23 minutes and tithe all of your money, and those images are still going to be there.
0: Make it plain.
1: <laughs> and they will come up in strange times. You can be in worship, you just blessing God, you crying out to God, "Oh God, I just love you." And that image comes, you go, "What the?" <laughs> and then, because I, because like I used, to, I used to think somebody else saw it, and I go. Yeah. Yeah. Who else is like that? Come on now. I know I wasn't by myself. Come on. You, you know, you know, you all up in the garden and boom, he'll show you something. You go, what the? Okay. All right. Right? Why? Because everything is stored in this PC. And the enemy would bring up stuff. See, this is why sometimes people think that they can't get delivered because they see the images. The images are in your natural man. So here's what you do going forward. you got to get sick about it. Even if you think you're going to click on it, you should get nervous. Amen. I get nervous when a woman looks at me wrong. And I know, I know that girl got lost in her eyes. I, it makes me nervous. I go, boy. <laughs> See, I got a Joseph anointing. Oh, no, I'm, I'm coming, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm getting out the area, man, uh-uh. Because <laughs> see, if you mess around there and look back and go, what's <laughs> up? There's a connection, right? And when you, oh, op- come on now, and when you open that door, don't you think the devil is gonna slam it closed? He's gonna open it wide. And next thing she's gonna do, come here, let me talk to you, <laughs> me? <laughs> And see, this is why it's critical that if you ain't kicking it at home, Uh-oh. That's good. That's I tell her, "Oh no, you beautiful, you fine, you sexy." Before you get up out of this house, because you don't need somebody else telling you that, and I hadn't said it. Amen. And brothers, brothers, say, yeah. "Yeah." Let me tell you something, brothers. You ain't all that. You ain't all that. I'm tell you something. It's some. It's some. Oh, it's some tricksters out there, and them brothers are smooth, right? And if you ain't telling your wife or your girlfriend how beautiful she is and how fine she is, you best believe somebody else will. <laughs> I got wrong tea it. <laughs> somebody will. And then if she starts giving in, when she comes home, there's an issue. Because now her heart is not tied to you. It's tied to the person who has been given into her love tank. And so at home, you don't get along because she can't wait to get back to the person that's been encouraging her. See, 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 when you start talking about stuff like this, I, I know, ouch, I heard it, I heard it. It should hurt. And this is the kind of stuff that's killing relationships in the church because we want to placate with you. We want to, oh, just have faith. Oh, what is that? No, no, no. I want to talk about the real deal because, see, when you get mugged by the mirror, you will compromise. You don't see how important your life is because you don't see how important your relationship is. This church would not be here if it hadn't been for this relationship right here. You are here. Let me tell you how tired we are. You are here because of our relationship. Amen. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. If we had a divorce, you wouldn't be here. Right. 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 You. Right. See, your life is greater than where you are today. Yeah. You might not know it for the next 10 years. It's been 10 years since we started this church. We didn't know most, none of you in here. That's right. None of you. And I thank God. That I know you. Amen. It's amazing that I have come across such amazingly smart, intelligent, and beautiful people. It makes me a better pastor. Why? Because I have to step up my game. Right? You're smart, man. I got to make sure I know what I'm talking about. You roll up on me, pastor. That ain't what the Bible says. <laughs> so I got to make sure I'm ready. Amen. I love that. But listen, don't allow, listen to me, can I talk with the single ladies for a second? Don't allow any relationship that's going to try to convince you to compromise. Don't lose your integrity over a relationship. I don't care how much money, I don't care if he drives a S550, it don't matter. Oh, Mercedes, sorry. So, so it, does, it doesn't matter if he drives a my back. It don't matter. It doesn't matter what the brother is driving, where he lives. Before you give up the most precious Thing on earth that God has ever given you, you make sure that brother puts a ring on it. Amen. And if he don't, you just tell him to the left. <laughs> so y'all didn't even know I knew that song. <laughs> now you're trying to figure, how pastor knew that song) <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Check this out. Real accountability comes from a real encounter with God. That's what I was talking about. Amen. See, when you've had a real encounter with God, let me, let me just, let me, can I, can, okay. So when I was just, uh, what my pastor Franklin used to call a pew holder downer, I love my pastor. Um, I didn't have to have people to call me to show up for church. Because, see, I had a real encounter with God. Yeah. And because of that, you ain't got to check up on me. Yeah. I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. Amen. If I'm sick, I'm going to call you and I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Pastor, can't make it. Throwing up today. Ain't going to be there. <laughs> and Pastor should say, stay your behind at home. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Hello. Listen, why? Because I, I'm accountable to God. I don't, I don't need some man to have to keep calling me. Right. Uh, what, you, what did you just say, sister? <laughs> okay, all right. Jatana just hit on something. On. So let me, since she cracked it, I'm going to kick it. <laughs> so Jatana just said, does your boss man call you to show up for work? No. Or do you get up early? Let me say that again. <laughs> you get up early. To do what you need to do so that you can get there how? On time. Let me tell you something. When you're on time, you're late. Uh-huh. See, that's my philosophy. So how okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so, so let me let me riddle me this then. So that's a job, a job you don't even like. You can set your alarm, and you can get up, you can get dressed, you do everything you need to do, and you get to work on time. But on Sunday morning, somehow your clock don't work, your clothes aren't ready, and your car won't start. Uh-huh. But there's an excuse. I'm getting paid. Oh, people say that I'm getting paid. Okay, all right. Okay, so okay, I got it. Thank you. So you you getting a paycheck? That's why you get there on time. Oh, okay. So let me ask you a question then. Is that paycheck going to get you into heaven? Oh, come on, talk about talk about I'm just saying. You can't tithe your way into heaven. I don't care how much tithing you get. You ain't guaranteed to get into heaven just because you're giving. Will a man rob God? They rob God all the time. And ain't got nothing to do with the tithe. It has everything to do with your stinking heart. Hello. (laughs) Pastor, move on to the last one. Okay, (laughs) I heard I'm moving on. Praise God. See, when you don't have a good self image, check this out. It's easy to allow yourself to be abused if you don't like what you see in the mirror yourself. Is that true? All right, let me get the last one, paralysis, because I want to pray. Paralysis is no fruit and no action. Another critical piece about paralysis is no reproduction. You're not giving birth to anything. Uh huh. See, th- th- this is probably the most critical piece of being mugged by the mirror. It will paralyze you. And when you get paralyzed of not understanding who you really are in God, then there's not going to be any action. And let me take it a step further, there's not gonna be any accomplishments. Because you might be moving and shuffling and doing things, but activity don't equal accomplishments. You might be busy doing nothing. Now some people are always busy, They're always in a hurry, going nowhere. What's wrong with you man, I, I gotta go, where you going man? Look, I don't, I don't, I don't know where I'm going but. right hello somebody see don't let the enemy paralyze you let me tell you how he does it the moment you want to really step out into something good he'll show you something bad every stinking time that's how he does john lofton the moment oh god i got that i see that man i'm ready to step out into that oh oh man i remember when i I don't know if I need to do that. Last time, somebody who said they was going to help me, they ain't helped me. So who's going to help me? I got you. See, the moment you take that other foot off, God says, This is where I needed you because I needed you to operate in faith. Because you won't even know who God already has planned for you because you want to play it safe. Mm-mm-mm. See, let me just say this you will never prosper unless you're willing to take a risk. You're going to have to take a risk. You know what? At some point, you're going to have to say, God, I'm, I'm taking a risk. I've never done this before. I've never just yielded completely to you before like this, God. It makes me nervous. But I'm going to take a risk, Lord, so that I can get to know you. Is this making sense at all? Yeah. See, don't, don't let the mirror mug you of your vision. Get a vision for your life. Where are you going? What are you doing? Who do you want to bless? How are you going to make a difference in this world? When you die. I don't care nothing about flowers. I'm not going to see them anyway. If you want, if you want me to you have flowers, send them to me when I can smell them. Don't wait till I'm gone and then all of a sudden, oh, he was just sitting. Oh, tell me now. Tell me now so I can hear it. Amen. Hello. Amen. Right? right? I, can't, you can't, I can't, you know, flowers, they might look pretty, but they ain't, they ain't doing nothing for me. I'm with Jesus. Don't let it rob you of your vision. What, what are you going to do for God? If you have a ministry and a business, have you dedicated it to the Lord? Let me, let, me, let me go a step further. Do you give off of your ministry and your business to the Lord? Because yeah. I want you to be blessed. I'm not, now listen, now, you know, y'all know I don't talk about, I don't fleece people. I'm not a beggar. I'm a Bible teacher. Right. But I teach you so good, you're going you to want to give. That's how I teach you. You right now, somebody want to pull out that wallet and say, Pastor, let me write you a check. (laughs) You spell million, (laughs) M-I-L-L-I. Amen. Don't, don't, Don't let the mirror rob you of your integrity. Stand your ground. I don't care if you hadn't dated in two years. Don't worry about it. Don't drop your standards just so that you can be like your friends. And they got nothing but drama in the first place because they always calling you. And you got to hear all their drama. And you want, you want that kind of mess? No, 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 no. No, no, you don't need to, You you deserve better. And the man should take you to another level in the Lord anyway. If he can't take you to another level, he ain't the right one, okay? And then the last one, don't let the mirror rob you of your fruit. Is this making sense? Okay, so let me give you this last thing here, and I want to pray. Mm. Wow, wow. Wow. You were born to be a godly original. Don't die a devilish copy. You are an original, saints. There has never, ever been one like you. You are a masterpiece. I'm telling you. You're a masterpiece. And sometimes when you look in the mirror and you don't see what you want to see, say, I'm a masterpiece. And I'm talking about men and women because I have to tell myself, even today, I'm a masterpiece. Because when the yeah. devil says, Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm burning up everything that you've done and um, it, it ain't gonna even last, I look at it and I say, Yeah, but I'm a masterpiece. Yeah.
0: We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E A-T-C The number 3.org or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.